When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And a very good Friday morning, afternoon, evening, everybody. Joe Beningo back with you again, the Yoda Pain Podcast. It is Friday. It is December 23rd. It is Christmas Eve, Eve 2022. And the Joe Beningo Yoda Pain Podcast is brought to you by the Hackensack Brewing Company, by DraftKings, and, of course, by our friends at Anita Discount Tire. Well, Jet fans, it's all over. Last night... I was actually there, lucky me, in the rain, in the slop at MetLife Stadium to watch the Jets' 2022 once very promising season come to a crashing end at the hands of the Jacksonville Jaguars. But really, this game was over (laughs) probably even before it started. Probably even before it started. This team was dead in the water. You know, all week, I've been watching Robert Salas press conferences all week, you know, since the Lion game. And you could just see for a team that was still in the hunt, you know, still at seven and seven, still with a realistic shot to make the playoffs with three games to go. You could just see Salas body language that this team was in trouble. I mean, you could see it just from listening to him. You know, he wasn't upbeat. He wasn't positive in any way, shape or form. You know, he, he just looked like the head coach of a team that was dead, that had major issues <clears throat> going on inside their locker room. And it manifested itself on the field last night in an absolute no-show performance in a 19-3 loss to the Jaguars. No-show. The Jets did not, you know, all year long, the Jets, have whether they've won or lost, they've played hard. You know, last week against Detroit in the game they should have won, they were in the game. You know, the defense didn't close it out. We know how the game ended. You know, the, the terrible not calling timeouts on the last drive by the coach, missed passes by the quarterback, all of that against Detroit. But the Jets were competitive. They were in the game. This game they were never in. Once Quinn and Williams forced that strip sack fumble of Trevor Lawrence on the first drive of the game by the Jaguars, Carl Lawson recovered on the Jaguars' 16-yard line. When the Jets did not put the ball in the end zone there, the game was over. You you knew it. The game was over. I think the defense basically said, are you kidding me? We give we give the offense a gift here inside the 20, and they, they, can't, they couldn't even move a yard. They actually lost yardage on the three plays they had before Zerline kicked the field goal. The game was over. And it was all Jaguars from that point on. In every phase of the game last night, the Jets stunk. Offensively, defensively, special teams, coaching, go right on down the line. <laughs> go right on down the line. And the bottom line <clears throat> on why this team, why this season is now basically shot here with two weeks to go, as the Jets now sit at seven and eight, losers of four consecutive games, is the quarterback situation. The quarterback situation has undermined this season and undermined this team and destroyed this football team this year. There is no doubt in my mind 
that that's the bottom line on his team. This football team hates Zach Wilson. Hates him. Hates him. And when Mike White got hurt in Buffalo and could not answer the bell for the game in Detroit last week, was not cleared to play, and it was not cleared to play last night against the Jaguars, the season was over. Done. Because Zach Wilson stinks. They can't stand him in the locker room. The coach knows it. The coach knew it. You could see, like I said, watching these press conferences, that Salah knew that his team was in big trouble. Because things are not good in that locker room because this football team can't stand Zach Wilson because he can't play. The reason why? Because he's not any good. You know, I I don't want to hear anymore from anybody, anybody in the media. I don't want to start calling names out and all this crap about, well, we got to find out about Zach Wilson. No, we have found out about him. He stinks. I mean, how much more do we have to deal with as Jet fans? He's not any good. I don't care if he was the second pick in the draft, the first pick in the draft, the, the 400th pick in the draft. He stinks. And he has sabotaged this team's football season. All you had to see was last night when unbelievable, I couldn't believe Chris Streveler was even suited up for this game. But when Streveler came in the game, even though you knew the Jets were dead already, there was actually a spark from the offense. Why is it? And, and somebody in the press conference asked this of Salah after the game. Why is it? that your offense seems to move so much better when it's not Zach Wilson at quarterback. And Salah really couldn't answer it. I'm sure he knows the answer. He knows the answer. But he really couldn't answer it. He basically said, well, you know, that's a that's a good question. We're going to have to look into why that is. We know why it is. Because Wilson stinks. And I don't want to hear anymore that we have to we have to develop him. We got to take time to develop. No. This football team is ready to win now. They're a young team, ready to win now. Should have made the playoffs this year. But Mike White has got to be the quarterback. And if it's not going to be Mike White being the quarterback going forward and into next year, well, then somebody else has to be because it can't be Zach Wilson. Whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, whoever. The Jets have to bring them. If they're not going to go with Mike White, and to me, Mike White needs now to be given every chance to find out if he is the quarterback of his team going forward. We can only pray that he's cleared to play next week in Seattle, even though it probably doesn't matter anymore. But it would be nice at least to win two games and have a winning season. Wouldn't that be a concept after they've choked away the freaking playoffs? I mean, there's still a shot they could make it, but, you know. They need the the sun, the moon, the stars, and everything to be lined. Uh, you know, the moon in the seventh house and Jupiter aligned with Mars to basically get into the playoffs now. And oh, by the way, got to win the two games that they got to play yet. Don't count on that happening against Seattle and Miami. The Zach Wilson situation at quarterback has destroyed this football team this year. Destroyed it. There's no other way to say it. And he cannot, I don't want to see him again in a Jet uniform. I really don't. He was terrible last night. He was getting booed all over the place, and rightfully so. And I'm driving home after the game. I went to the game with my wonderful cousin, bro. We actually watched the game in the green room, which was that probably the only good thing of the night, that I didn't have to be out getting soaked in the rain. 
So we want to thank Cousin Bro for that, the great Danny Conti. But this this has sabotaged this team. There's no doubt about it. They were dead in the water last night. I don't want to see Wilson play again. He was, like I said, he was booed all night long, and rightfully so. And as I'm driving home with Cousin Bro after the game, he's got the Jet Post game show on on the radio. And Greg Buttle and Marty Lyons, what, and what a joke. What a joke the post game show is. I mean, the excuses are be above and beyond. Uh, nobody expected them to win seven games. You know, uh, quarterbacks take time to develop all this nonsense. And getting on the crowd for Boo and Zach, you got to support him. Bullshit, you got to support him. He stinks. We got hosed again as Jet fans. We got screwed again this year to thinking that we actually had a team that could do some damage this year. And we got fooled again. We got hosed again, as we have had so many times over the years. So many. I don't want to start going into it all. So, How many times have we had what looked like promising seasons only to watch the team collapse at the end of the year? And that's what's going on now. Except this time, there's a major internal problem going on in that locker room. And the problem is that Zach Wilson can't be the quarterback anymore. He's hated by his by his teammates. You could see it in Robert Sala's face in these press conferences. You could hear it in him last night as he's, you know, dancing around all the questions from the reporters. What a disaster. I've had it with Wilson. We know what he is now. You know, it's not about that. We got to find out about Zach Wilson. <clears throat> we have found out about Zach, Will, about Zach Wilson. He cannot be the quarterback of his team going forward. He has... He has kept this team down this year from getting to where they should have been. And it's affected every phase of this team. The defense, the overrated defense, right? I mean, how over – I'm tired of hearing about how great this damn defense is. With all their, They got three pro bowlers, big freaking deal. Big deal. And somebody's got to tell me how C.J. Mosley made the pro bowl. How is that – how? How? What, for jumping offside in the Buffalo game and basically turning the whole game around? Was that why he made it to the Pro Bowl? Was it maybe some of the missed tackles they had last night? How about that one pass to Evan Ingram, the old giant down the sideline? He must have missed 15 tackles on him. The defense was a joke. Trevor Lawrence, how many times did he go out of the pocket and beat him running the football for first downs? How many times did, did the... Jaguars last night run the basically the same play that the Lions ran on Sunday on the game-winning touchdown pass to the tight end to the same side, and there's nobody there. Nobody. What a disgrace. The offensive line stinks. How bad is the offensive? What has happened to this offensive line? That needs to be addressed. You know, they signed this guy, Lakeland Tomlinson from the Niners. He stinks. Let's be honest. He's terrible. Connor McGovern, the center is terrible. Right on down the line. I'll give Dwayne Brown a pass because he's basically played with one arm all year. And he's been out there every week. George Fant's terrible. Had another big penalty last night. How many penalties? How many times? How many times last night were the Jets first and 20? First and 15? First and 17? How about that, that, that one play? They had a first down. They got good field position. I think it was right after they... A kickoff out of bounds, gave him the ball on a 40. First play, they pitch it to, to Bam Knight. He loses like seven yards on first down. First and 17. That was like that all night last night. And tell me why it took Salah so long to go to Strebler. They weren't winning the game anyway. And Strebler can't throw a pass. 
But, you know, he was basically running a wishbone, and, you know, and, and we were getting more out of Strevler than we were out of Wilson. Zach Wilson's got to be done with this franchise. Got to be done. And I don't know what's going on. I've said this before. I think the owner has been forcing Sally to play Strevler, excuse me, to play Wilson. I don't even buy that White, White's ribs are that bad. He went to all these different doctors to get clearance. Maybe Woody paid them all off to make sure he can't get back out there so they could play Zach. I've had it with Zach. He's done. He stinks. All right? He's not even in the same stratosphere as Trevor Lawrence. I think we, we know that. And God knows Mike White is better. And we got to find out going forward because next year, all right, next year, you know, Robert Sala is getting a pass for this year. All right? He's going to get a pass. He's getting a pass for the collapse of this team this season as they there's a very good chance that they're going to lose their last six games of the year. How about that? What a disgrace. And the coach has to take a hit for that. There's no doubt about it. But next year, he's on the hot seat. Next year, this team's got to make the playoffs. That's it. There's no more, you know, no more, well, you know, let's see, you know, uh, we have a winning year. No, no. They got to make the damn playoffs. They haven't made the playoffs since 2010, the longest streak in the NFL, right? That's a wonderful thing to think about. This team has to make the playoffs next year. Robert Sala is on the hot seat. And I don't, I'm not saying I want to see Sala go because I'm, <coughs> believe me, I'm sick and tired of the constant changing in coaches that this franchise has had forever. The constant coaching carousel every two years, every three years, every four years. You get Rex Ryan was here for six years. That's like an eternity for a Jet head coach. The Pittsburgh Steelers since 1970 have had three head coaches. The Jets have had about 20. It's an absolute freaking disgrace. And everybody deserves blame for this. But the bottom line is the Zach Wilson situation. This team wants Mike White to be the quarterback because the team knows Mike White's better. And the French and they've known, the organization's known that Mike White's better. Mike White should have kept playing last year after that Buffalo game. Everybody couldn't wait to say, ah, see, he's not any good. Ah, the blooms off his rose. He started three games. He had one bad game against the best team in the league, and that was it for Mike White. And White should have started the season this year. He should have been the starting quarterback on opening day, not Joe Flacco. And I don't care. I know if I've heard, well, he wasn't great in training camp and all this bullshit, because that's really what it is. (laughs) The reason that Joe Flacco started the year when Wilson was hurt is because they were afraid Mike White was going to start the season, be really good, and then how do we go back to Zach Wilson if White's playing really well and we're winning games? How do we go back to Wilson? Whereas with Joe Flacco, even if he started out 3-0, and it didn't matter because he's not the future of his team. So you could always make the switch back to Zach. And I really believe that. There's all kinds of politics going on against Mike White here. The coach knows he's better. The coaching staff knows he's the, he's the best chance for them at quarterback. The, the team certainly knows it, <clears throat> but he's being forced to play this guy. Well, he can't play anymore. I'm sick and tired, but I can't watch this guy anymore. Sabotage our football team. Miss pass after pass. And I understand the offensive line was terrible last night and has been. Was t- it, been it was terrible last week. They couldn't run the ball again. You know, Strevler was the only guy with any effectiveness running the, running the ball last night for the Jets. 
Wilson's missing pass after pass. Just a just a disaster. And really, I, I there's no other way to say it. And they mailed it in last night. It finally all caught up to him. And when they didn't get a touchdown off that early turnover, courtesy of Quinn and Williams, the game was over. The air was all out of the balloon, and they were done. Every phase of the game. They got their ass whipped last night by a mediocre, and I know they've been playing well, a mediocre Jaguar team. And I don't want to hear from the coach, okay, this crap. Well, look at the teams we played. You know, Minnesota, uh, you know, uh, Buffalo, Detroit, Jacksonville. These teams were all red hot. Well, we're supposed to we're supposed to be a playoff caliber team. We gotta stop them. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta cool these teams off. That's no excuse. Just because they're hot, that's an excuse for for our team to play like crap, to basically lay down last night in the rain. And then I gotta hear these guys on radio saying they're criticizing the fans for booing them. Are you kidding me? Another year down the drain, another collapse of a season. They can't win at home. They went three and five at home. These two huge games against Detroit and and Jacksonville, they lost both of them? What? And the crowd can't boo as they're sitting in the rain and the wind getting soaked last night and watching this garbage? Give me your bro. I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired of hearing the freaking political correctness by the people that surround this team. I really, I'm, I'm tired of it. The bottom line is, that the Zach Wilson situation, the Zach Wilson quarterback situation, the experiment is over. He's done. He cannot be the quarterback of this team going forward. He's never going to be any good. He's never going to be any better than what he is now. <clears throat> he can't read a defense. He can't complete a pass in the pocket. <clears throat> it's over. He's not a leader of men of this team. It's over for Zach Wilson. Next year, either Mike White's got to they had to commit to Mike White being the guy, or they got to go get a veteran quarterback. That's it, because this team is ready to win now, and Robert Sala is on notice now next year. Next year, they have to make the playoffs. I don't want to hear it anymore. And Zach Wilson has set this team back, because they had to justify, because they got to play him, because he's the second pick in the draft, when they knew all along that Mike White was better. If Mike White had been the quarterback from day one, We'd be sitting here now with nine or ten wins with this team. They would have won both of the Patriot games. They would have won the game against the Lions last week. And I, I guarantee you, last night would have been a lot different football game than it turned out to be. You know, the absolute no-show. No-show. The biggest game of the year. And the entire team, including the coach, mailed it in last night. Mailed it in. I'm so sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of this franchise. I'm really, I, I, I can't take anymore. The ineptitude is unbelievable. And now the politics have got in the way. Memo to Woody Johnson. Hey, Woody, you want to win football games? Do you ever want to see this team in the Super Bowl or do you really not give a damn? All you care about is making money. Oh, we got to justify Zach Wilson. Bullshit. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. He's never going to be any good. You know, maybe 10 years from now will find himself like Geno Smith did, you know? No, maybe, maybe. I don't know. But it ain't going to be here. He can't be the quarterback of this team next year. He cannot be. And I don't want to see him play again. I want to see Mike White. If Mike White can breathe next week in Seattle, I want to see him out there playing against the Seahawks. And in the season finale against Miami, 
And then you got to make a decision. Is Mike White the quarterback going forward? Or do we have to bring in a veteran quarterback here? No more drafting quarterbacks. No more developing quarterbacks. This team is ready to win now. And you're already destroyed this season because of it. You can't be destroying next year because next year there's no more excuses and Robert Sal will be, his ass will be out the door if they don't make the freaking playoffs next year. I am totally disgusted with this franchise. It's Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve Eve and they've done it. The Jets have done it to us again. They've stuck it up our ass again. All right. Beningo with the Oda Payne podcast. Uh, let me get my sponsors in here, and then we'll get to our picks. We're probably going to have a little uh, stoppage time like soccer. We're going to probably have extra time today so I can do my NFL picks. A few other things I want to get into. Carlos Correa signing with the Mets. How unbelievable is that? You know, the passing of the great Franco Harris right at the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. How crazy is that? Oh, my God. I mean, you know, and it happened suddenly. He was doing interviews the day he passed away, and then he he was he was gone the next morning. Amazing. All right, let me get my uh, sponsors in here. We'll start out with our friends at DraftKings. We thank them so much uh, for being with us again for another year. Uh, you know, DraftKings, they are the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Uh, they might go to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. Right now, new customers can... Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. <clears throat> Check it out right now. Everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up. Same game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code OTAPAIN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code O, the pain, O-H-T-H-E-P-A-I-N. And, of course, if you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. All right, our friends that are needed discount tire in uh, beautiful Rivervale, New Jersey, go see my son Johnny, go see Ari. Uh, you need tires. You need work done on your car. This is the place to go. Uh, they'll take care of you. Uh, they're in Rivervale, New Jersey, on Westwood Avenue. Tell them Beningo sent you. See Johnny. See Ari. Anything you need with your car. Anything you need with your tires. Anita Discount Tire. We want to thank them for being with us and supporting us over the couple of years of the podcast. And last but not least, our good friends, my good buddy Mike Jones and company over at the Hackensack Brewing Company. You know the deal. Ten minutes off the GW Bridge. Uh, in Route on uh, in Hackensack, New Jersey, 30 seconds off Route 4. Tap rooms open 4:30 to 10 Monday through Friday, 2 to 10 Saturday, 12 to 8 Sunday. While you're there, don't forget to have one of my Oda Payne craft beers. Uh, check it out, 78 Johnson Avenue, Hackensack, New Jersey, right behind the beloved Tombstones. You can put a tombstone now out there for the 2022 Jets, as their season is died, is dead and buried. Go see Mike Jones, TJ Herb, Andre, everybody at the Hackensack Brewing Company. Don't forget our next live podcast at the Brewing Company the night before the playoffs. Don't have to worry about the Jets being there. The Giants look like they're going to be there. The Jets ain't going to be there. January 13th, Friday the 13th, our next live podcast at the Hackensack Brewing Company. JJ, John Jastrzemski, 
uh, will join us for uh, that that show. All right. Beningo, the Oda Payne podcast. Again, it is Christmas Eve Eve. I hope everybody has a wonderful holiday. Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever you're celebrating, the whole deal. Uh, hope that uh, everybody has a, uh, a great holiday season. All right. I want to get to my picks. Before I do that, a uh, couple things. First of all, what a job by the Mets signing Carlos Correa. Uh, what a shocker that was. I mean, the Giants had signed him to what? A 13-year contract, whatever it was, right? 13 years, 100 and, you know, 300 and 400 and 1008 <laughs> And then something happens where they canceled the press conference to introduce Correa in San Francisco. And I guess there was some kind of issue with his injury, uh, with an injury issue or they... You know, he didn't pass the physical, something the Giants didn't like in the physical, and that was it. Next thing you know, he's signing with the Mets. I couldn't believe it. I almost fell over. What? What? They, I, I saw it scrolled over on uh, on SportsCenter the other day. Holy Christ. The Mets signed Carlos Correa? Wow. Boy, I tell you what. And 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 who deserves it more than the Mets do? Now, it, now there's no guarantee the Mets are winning anything. We know that. You know, I heard my buddy Salicata go crazy, you know, when they signed Korea. Oh, the parade's coming. It's a long way to the damn parade, okay? We thought we had something last year. They won 101 games. How'd that work out when all was said and done? It's wonderful what, what Stevie Cohen has done in the offseason. And, and the bottom line is, we got an owner now. We went, just think about it, Met fans. We went from the outhouse with the Wilpons to the penthouse with Stevie Cohen. A $380 million payroll for the Mets. They're going to be $100 million over the luxury tax, and Cohen doesn't even care. <laughs> How great is that? Look at the signings. Yeah, okay, DeGrom was gone. He didn't want to be here anyway. Don't let the door hit you in your ass on the way out. They signed Justin Verlander. They signed Jose Quintana, right? They re-signed Edwin Diaz. They re-signed Brandon Nimmo. Unbelievable. They signed this Kode uh, Senga, the, the Japanese pitcher. We'll see what he turns out to be. They re- they signed David Robertson for the bullpen. They re-signed Adam Adovino. And then they go out and bring in Carlos Correa. Wow. Wow. What an offseason by Stevie Cohen. I mean, this is like Steve Cohen has now become the, the modern-day George Steinbrenner. He really has. I mean, Mets fans, we have hit the jackpot with this owner because no matter what happens going forward, this owner is committed to winning championships here. This owner is committed to sustained success by this franchise that has never been to the playoffs more than two years in a row in their entire history and has only been there, I believe it's now 10 times in the entire history of the franchise, including last year's disaster against San Diego. From the outhouse to the penthouse. From the Wilpons to Steve Cohen. Oh, my God. What a job he has done. And if you're a Met fan, you sit. Oh, and oh, I forgot about this. Almost as good as signing Carlos Correa, Met fans, was they got rid of James McCann. What? And the Mets basically paid 75% of his salary to get him the hell out of here to the Orioles. Do you think that, that the Wilpons would ever do something like that? They paid, they got rid of, they paid off 
Uh, Robbie Cano, they got rid of him, paid off his salary. Think the Wilpons would have done that? And now they've done the same thing with James McCann. Wow. That's all, like I said, that's almost as good a news as Korea being gone. Uh, excuse me, as being gone. As Korea is signing here. Incredible. Amazing. It really is. Steve Cohen, it, 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 unbelievable. Unreal. I mean, now you salivate. You got Pete Alonzo. Pete Alonzo at first. McNeil at second. Lindor at, at short. Korea's going to play third. You got the outfield of Cannon, Nimmo, and Marte. They got this new catcher who's actually pretty good. I don't know a lot about him. I know he hits left-handed. We'll see what we do with him. We got Francisco Alvarez. Hopefully, he's going to take off. Maybe he'll be the DH this year. They still got Vogel back and uh, Darren Ruff. I, you know, why Ruff's still here, I don't know, but they do. You know, you got the rotation of the two Hall of Famers at the top in Verlander and Scherzer. You got Quintana. Uh, you got uh, Cody Sanger now. We'll see what he is. You still got Carlos Carrasco. You got Edwin Diaz in the bullpen. You got Edwin Diaz, Robinson, Adovino, all these guys in the bullpen. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Still got to win. <clears throat> you know, it's, <clears throat> like I said, it's a long way to that par- parade at the Canyon of Heroes. But boy, oh boy. Can Stevie Cohen now buy the Jets? <laughs> right? Would you love to see Stevie Cohen buy the Jets and actually move the Jets from Giant Stadium, because they still, that's where they play, Giant Stadium in the Meadowlands, okay? To where they really belong, like right next to City Field in Queens and have their own freaking stadium. We could call it Leon Hess Stadium. How about that? Wouldn't that be something? Unbelievable. Med fans, we have gone from the absolute outhouse, from the bargain basement to the top of the top with Stevie Cohen. $380 million, Think about it. $380 million payroll, $100 million over the luxury tax, and he doesn't even blink an eye. Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. Stevie, please, can you buy the Jets? All right. Beningo, the Yoda Payne podcast. Uh, um, we're going to run out of time here for the first half hour. So what we're going to do, we're going to have some soccer time, some back time. I'll come back. A couple comments about the late, great Franco Harris, and then we'll do my uh, NFL picks for week 16. We'll be right back. <clears throat> okay, Joe Beningo, back with you again, the Oda Payne podcast. Of course, it is Christmas Eve, Eve, uh, 12 20 22 and uh we'll continue on I'll, I'll again mention my sponsors before we get into the uh the uh stoppage time if you want to call it that for today's uh Oda Payne podcast of course brought to you by DraftKings by the uh, Hackensack Brewing Company and of course Anita Discount Tire before I get to my NFL picks for uh week 16 uh just wanted to, uh, the, the stunning news about the passing of Franco Harris that uh, really unbelievable I mean Basically, I believe today is the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. And, of course, the Steelers are playing the Raiders tomorrow night um, to honor that in Pittsburgh. And I'm sure all the guys are going to be there probably from both teams. You know, some of the old Raiders and old Steelers. I'm sure Franco was going to be there. And then the stunning news two days ago that Franco had, had died in his sleep overnight. I mean, unbelievable. 72 years old. I couldn't believe it when I heard it. I really couldn't. And I know the football life tonight on, uh, which should be very good on the NFL network at nine o'clock, something I got to see, take my mind off the jet disaster. But 
Uh, couldn't believe it. And I go back to, I remember Franco playing at Penn State for Joe Paterno when he was in the backfield with Lydell Mitchell, who, uh, you know, of course, went on to be a terrific uh, guy uh, with the with the uh, then Baltimore Colts with Burt Jones and Roger Carr and, you know, all those guys that uh, he played with in the 70s. Mitchell was a tremendous player. Uh, but uh, Franco turned out to be one of the greats of all time. You know, Hall of Fame running back. At one point, he was the guy that he was the first guy to break Jimmy Brown's record for most yards rushing in a career in NFL history. Of course, it's been broken a few times now. Emmett Smith has the record now. But Franco, you, you know, whatever you want to say, four Super Bowl championships with those great Steeler teams in the 70s, the MVP of the uh, the first Steelers Super Bowl championship after the 1974 season when they beat the Minnesota Vikings in New Orleans, whatever Super Bowl that was, Super Bowl nine. I want to say it was Super Bowl nine. You know, I don't have all the numbers like I do the years, but uh, it was the the first of the four Steeler championships. Franco was the MVP of that Super Bowl, you know. Never got hurt. Knew when to go. Nobody, nobody, nobody knew how to avoid the hit better than Franco. Man, he got he got he got criticized for it, but it helped keep him healthy because he would run out of bounds rather than take that extra hit to preserve his body. So he knew what he was doing there. Uh, I was fortunate enough to meet Franco. He came to the radio station. My wife Terry met him too. Really nice guy. Uh, I got a, a terrific autographed football from Franco sitting right in my. Uh, my place down here, my man cave, which as you know, like I said, the only way it's a man cave is when my wife's here too, you know. <laughs> I don't I don't buy man I don't see how you have a man cave without a woman involved, but that's that's me. Silly me, you know. Whatever. But uh, he'll be missed. One of the greats of all time, Franco Harris. I'm sure he'll be honored tomorrow night, uh, at some point during the Steeler at Raider game. But uh, just stunning news when I heard about it the other day. So uh, God bless you, Franco. Uh, really, uh, ter- terrific guy, all-time great player, great Hall of Famer, four-time Super Bowl champion, and of course, the most famous play in the history of the National Football League, the iconic, um, immaculate reception play in that divisional playoff game in 1972 between the Raiders and the Steelers. Pittsburgh won a 13-7, and that really, even though they would go on to lose the championship game to the undefeated Dolphins that year, that was really the beginning of the great Steeler dynasty of the 70s. So uh, rest in peace, Franco Harris. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Week 16 in the NFL. Did not have a good week last week. I went one up, three down, and one push uh, for the year. I'm 40 up, 30 down, and five pushes on the season. <clears throat> the only game I won with last week was the Giants, and they've been real good to me, the Giants, this year. As a matter of fact, in Giant games this year, I'm 4-1. and one. So uh, we'll see if we can uh, bounce back and have a uh, big week this week. And with that said, I'm starting with the Giants. I'm taking the Giants, getting three and a half in Minnesota uh, uh, tomorrow, actually Saturday, against the Vikings. I love them here. I really do. If the Giants win tomorrow and, you know, they have a number of things that have to break their way as well, they can clinch a playoff spot. I don't think there's any way they're not making the playoffs now. I think all they need to do is win one game, and they're in. One of their last three, uh, whether it's Minnesota this week, whether it's the Colts next week, or whether it's uh, Philadelphia in the final week of the season, uh, I think the Giants are pretty much in after that uh, big win last week over Washington. But I love them here. Minnesota's already clinched their division title. 
They had that crazy win last week to clinch it. Remember, they were down 33-0 at halftime to the Colts where the Vikings came back and pulled the game out. What a brutal loss for Minnesota, uh, for uh, uh, Indianapolis. Of course, a game where Minnesota uh, overcame the, the most points ever overcame in an NFL game uh, to win a game. 33-0 at halftime, unreal. But I think, it, you know, I think Minnesota now they've clinched the division. <clears throat> I think the Giants are going to beat them. I think the Giants got a lot more to play for here. I think Daniel Jones has had a very underrated season. The defense is playing well now. The big game last week by Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, you're getting three and a half. Like I said, the Giants have been good to me all year. That was my only win last week. I had them getting four and a half against Washington. And obviously, they won the game outright. I'm four and one with them on the season. Give me the Giants plus three and a half tomorrow. <clears throat> excuse me, against Minnesota. I got home late last night after the game, so you got to excuse my my voice and everything. I'm also aggravated, but give me the Giants plus three and a half tomorrow in Minnesota against the Vikings uh, to win. And more, and basically, whether it's official or not, after this weekend, uh, clinch a playoff spot. Giants plus three and a half, game one in Minnesota. Game two, I'm taking the Seahawks in Kansas City, getting 10 against the Chiefs. That the Seahawks are still in it. They're only a half a game behind Washington for the final playoff spot. They're tied with Detroit. Both teams are 7-7. Seven and seven. But Detroit's going one way. Seattle going the other way. Seattle coming off two straight losses at home. They got beat two weeks ago by Carolina. They lost uh, again uh, at home last week, uh, did the Seahawks. So um, they need to win this game. Seven up and seven down on the year. Uh, I like them getting 10. You know, the Chiefs have already clinched the division. You know, they're still fighting for home field advantage with Buffalo. Buffalo has a tiebreaker on them. They're both teams are, uh, are right now at 11-3. and three. Buffalo has a tiebreaker on them because they beat Kansas City earlier in the year. But the Seahawks need this game. And, uh, you know, Geno Smith, who actually got voted to the Pro Bowl, uh, I like it. You know, and another thing about the Chiefs, I mean, look what they've done last week. They were life and death to beat the Texans in overtime. You know, they have not played terrific football and for the most part, when the Chiefs have been big favorites, double-digit favorites, they've won, but they haven't covered the number. I like the Seahawks getting 10 here, and I wouldn't be shocked if Seattle winds up winning this game outright. Like I said, they're still very much alive, uh, you know, in this uh, 2022 season. So uh, give, me this, give me Seattle plus 10 in Kansas City uh, against the, uh, the Chiefs, and uh, that is uh, game two. As I'm just looking to try to remind myself. Oh, that's right. The Seahawks, that, they, that's right. They lost to the Niners uh, last week in Seattle. That was the Thursday night game. That's why I couldn't remember who they lost to. But they've lost two straight games at home to Carolina and San Francisco. Regardless of that, give me the Seahawks plus 10 in Kansas City tomorrow against the Chiefs. Wouldn't be shocked if the Seahawks won the game outright. That's game two. Game three, even with Jalen Hurts looking like he's out, Tomorrow against the Cowboys in Dallas. I like the Eagles with Gardner Minshew getting five and a half. I mean, I, that's a big number to me. You know, if the Eagles win this game, they clinch the division, it's over. They're 13-1. and one. The Cowboys are sitting at 10-4 and four after that brutal loss where they blew a 27-10 lead last week in Jacksonville against the Jaguars. Dallas has to win this game if they have any designs at all on winning the division, which I doubt is going to happen. I love the Eagles getting five and a half. I mean, to me, this is going to be a close game. And Gardner Minshew, man, you you look at you look at some of the better backup quarterbacks in the NFL. He's one of the better ones. No, I like the Eagles a lot here. 
Dallas may win. I think this is probably a field goal game either way. But remember, the Eagles beat Dallas earlier in the year uh, in uh, Philadelphia. Remember that game, uh, Cooper Rush was the quarterback of that game. Turned out to be the final game he quarterbacked before Dak Prescott came back from the injury. So Philly beat him without Prescott earlier in the year. But kind of the tables reversed here is now the Eagles won't have their starting quarterback. They got to go with their backup in Minshew. But give me the Eagles plus five and a half, the four o'clock, 430 game tomorrow in Dallas against the Cowboys. That's game three. Game four, I'm going to the game uh, tomorrow night, Christmas Eve. I mentioned it, the Steeler rating game, the 50th anniversary, the Immaculate Reception. And I like the Steelers, just like I just like what happened 50 years ago. I don't think it's going to be the same ending. But give me the Steelers plus two, uh, minus two and a half, I should say, laying two and a half at home against the Raiders. The Raiders were more than lucky to win last week as the Patriots basically handed that game. Thank you very much. Uh, if you're a Raider fan in that just absolutely uh, blown game by the Pats last week, which uh, was the one thing that put a smile on my face with the way that things were going on with the Jets. But um, so the Raiders were fortunate to win last week. Pittsburgh's been playing well. You know, Kenny Pickett's going to be back playing quarterback again. They had a nice win last week in Carolina with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. You know, Mike Tomlin's got them playing good football. The defense is playing solid. They're running the ball well. I just think... You know, everything's everything points to them winning this game. You know, uh, the the Franco Harris situation, you know, a lot more motivation for the Steelers here. The 50th anniversary, the Immaculate Conception, uh, reception, not conception, reception. Uh, you know, that's kind of like what Christmas is, actually. But be that as it may, that's for another time. Anyway, the Immaculate Reception. Um, and I think Pittsburgh's better. I like them. You're only laying two and a half. I could see them winning this game by... You know, a field goal certainly more, probably a close game. But uh, I like Pittsburgh laying two and a half at home against the Raiders tomorrow night. Uh, that's game four. Finally, I'm going to the game Monday night. I'm taking the Colts getting four and a half against the Chargers. First of all, and I know the Colts, I mean, you know, what are they going to be like after blowing that 33 nothing lead last week to Minnesota? Who knows, you know, what the situation is going to be with them. But they still have played better under Jeff Saturday. And here's the best thing. Nick Foles is playing quarterback for the Colts. And to me, that's a big upgrade over Matt Ryan. And the Chargers, even though they're sitting right now at eight and six in a playoff position, uh, you know, coming off that win over the Titans last week, to me, this is the Chargers still got to show me something. Can't you see the Chargers losing this game? And you're getting four and a half. I know I can. You know, everybody loves Justin Herbert. You know, I. I think the Chargers are still a very, very shaky team. I got to see them get the job done. You know, you look at their schedule the rest of the way, it looks easy. You know, the Colts on Monday night, even though it's in Indy. Then they play the Rams, who, you know, they'll be the home team, but they both play in the same stadium. I think the Rams will be up for that game against the Chargers, with most of the crowd probably rooting for the Rams. And then they end the season in Denver against the Bronco team that certainly has a terrific defense. And if Russell Wilson's playing, that could be a – a tough game for the Chargers in a game where they may need to win that game to get into the playoffs. So I'm not sold on, on uh, LA, San Diego, whatever you want to call them. I'm not sold on the Chargers yet. I like the Colts getting four and a half on Monday night against the Chargers. I got a feeling the Colts are going to play really well here. Bouncing back after that disaster against Minnesota, Nick Foles at quarterback. Give me the Colts plus four and a half at home Monday night against Indianapolis. So the Beningo picks for week 16, give me the Giants 
uh, plus three and a half tomorrow in Minnesota. Give me the Seahawks plus 10 uh, tomorrow afternoon in Kansas City against the Chiefs. Give me the Eagles plus five and a half in Dallas against the Cowboys in the uh, late game, late afternoon window tomorrow uh, on Christmas Eve. Give me the Steelers tomorrow night, Christmas Eve night, laying two and a half against the Raiders uh, in Pittsburgh, the 50th anniversary anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. And on Monday night, give me the Colts plus four and a half against the Chargers in Indy. The Joe Beningo Pro Football Picks Week 16 in the NFL. All right. I want to thank everybody for listening. Everybody have a happy, healthy, safe Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever you're celebrating, whatever holiday, have a, a great, great holiday season. I will be back. I'll be on. Don't forget to catch me tomorrow for about an hour and a half. Uh, at 10 o'clock, I'll be on from 10 to 11.30 tomorrow on the fan uh, on Saturday morning before the giant pregame show. And then I'll be back doing my podcast early Monday morning to wrap up the NFL weekend. And then I will be on Monday from 10 to 2 on the fan. I'm filling in for BT and Tiki. I'll be filling in Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, 10 to 2 on the fan. So you want to check all that out. Everybody, Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays, everyone. God bless, and uh, we will talk to you on Monday.